0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.
1: الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله A shed and no Hammer, a i salat not sure what i على am
0: In alhamdulillah, Nahmeduho, and a stainuho, and a stagfiru, when I'll do the min shururi and fusina, women say ati armalina. May yehdihillahu fella mudilla lah, women yudlil fella wa shadu la ilaha illallah, wa dahula sharikala, wa ashadu anna Muhammad Abduhu wa rasulu, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqaatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimoon. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu amanutakullah wa quluu qawlan sadeeda yuslih lahum a'malakum wa yaghfir lahum dhunubakum. Waman yuti'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faza fawzan azima. Amma ba'd. Allah paints a scene for us in different parts of the Quran that share specific similarities and the one that I want to zoom in on a little bit extra today bi idnillah, is in the surah just before surah Yasin, in surah Fatir. Allah describes the scene when people enter Jannah, may Allah make all of us from among them, Amir And Allah describes the blessings that they're going to enjoy, the blessings they're going to taste, that they're going to experience and appreciate. And it's no coincidence, it should be no surprise to us that what we read, what we hear, what we come across as it relates to this part of the surah, as it relates to this scene specifically, it's no coincidence that the first words that these people say when they enter Jannah at long last, they say Alhamdulillah, they say Alhamdulillah. The first words out of their mouths, they thank Allah, they praise Allah. These are people of gratitude. These are people of thankfulness. These are people who appreciate the blessings Allah has given them. And more importantly, they recognize the fact that Allah is the one who gave them any blessing they have in the first place. If you and I want to not just with our tongues, which is important, no question, but also with our hearts, and if we're really serious about it, to take it a step further and to express Alhamdulillah with our limbs. To, to show Allah our gratitude. Allah mentions here in Surah Fatir when they enter Jannah, The first words out of their mouth. At long last, after all the struggles and trials and tribulations and challenges and peaks and valleys as it relates to the dunya, after everything they've been through, they have officially passed their test. They have officially made it to their desired destination. We should remember this the next time we... Punch in whatever address, whatever destination we're trying to get to And any GPS, any app that we use That detail doesn't necessarily matter But the next time we get to whatever that destination is It could be if we're returning home from somewhere And we need directions to get there After all, Jannah, in a sense, is our home May Allah help it help all of us to make it home. Allah make it easy for all of us to make it home. Amni Rabbil alamin, Or the opposite, if we're leaving home to go somewhere we've never been before, we have to rely on those directions. We can't just wing it. We can't just, you know, do some hodgepodge guesswork and throw something together and hope and we pray that somehow we make it to our destination. That's not how it works as it relates to the dunya. That's not how it works as it relates to the akhirah. The GPS that we have, that the Prophet left us with Wasallam, he made it very clear. He left us with the book, with the Qur'an, and with the sunnah. That's our GPS to Jannah. How do you know if you're following the directions properly or not? We're reminded... Time and time again, every time we pray, every time in namaz, every time we recite or hear Surah Al-Fatiha, at the beginning we have gratitude, our book after all begins with Alhamdulillah, our prayer begins with Alhamdulillah, when people enter Jannah, they say Alhamdulillah. What do we find at the end of Surah fatiha We find one path we want to take and two others that we don't want to take sirat and an'amta alayhim is the path of gratitude is the path of those who truly want to make it to jannah in theory and in practice al maghdubi alayhim there's a whole lot of theory the practice isn't necessarily there there may be a lot of knowledge but the action isn't there to back it up and then adhallin there's action there's practice but there's no theory to back it up things are being done but it's not grounded in anything a person, they can't just go and on a whim decide that, you know, instead of dhuhr today, I'm going to go do four somersaults, I'm going to say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim beforehand. Because you know, there's a hadith the Prophet he taught us والسلام, that anything of significance that doesn't begin with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is going to be cut off. It's going to be cut off from barakah. So, you know, I'm just going to throw something together, make something up, and to me it sounds like it makes sense, and I'm going to go do whatever, and Bismillah, it's going to be Okay. Something is being done. I know it's a silly example, but bear with me. Something is being done. It looks like something is being done, but it's not backed up by anything. It's not grounded in anything. The path of Al Ladina and Amta Alehim. The path of those who Allah has favored, who Allah has bestowed His favor upon. Allah just gave us the secret sauce which isn't really a secret at the beginning of the surah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah is not an expression only reserved for when things are good. Sometimes we may forget this. Alhamdulillah is not an expression only for when things are good. Alhamdulillah is also an expression that helps us to to rise out of the sunken place that that we may be in. Out of the ditch that we may have fallen into. And you know sometimes we fall down, it's too hard to get up by ourselves. That happens to everyone. But if you have the right people around you, when you fall down, then they're going to help pick you up, whether they realize it or not. They may smile just because that's their character, and that may be the fruit, that may be the soul food that you need. They may not know that. They're just being themselves. They're just trying to live the prophetic sunnah, They're just trying to follow that GPS to Jannah. And along the way, unknowingly, they help somebody to get out of a slump. You never know what smile can literally save a person's life. You never know what positive word, what word of kindness that you may share. That may literally save a person's life. You may show up on judgment day and you have all of this ajr and you're wondering what is this from? You know that one day, that one Jum'ah, you smiled at that one person that you didn't even know. You said salam to this person you didn't even know. And you didn't know how much barakah was in that, how much blessing was in that. But that ended up having a huge positive impact on them. That saved their life. أحيها فكأنما الناس جَمِيعًا Didn't the Prophet teach us ﷺ that someone may say a word and they may not think anything of it. But it's so pleasing to Allah, their status skyrockets. And the opposite is true. A person may say a word, they think nothing of it. But it angers Allah so much, there are serious consequences waiting for them if they don't fix it. All of a sudden, when we're reminded of how sensitive things are and can be both ways, then we start to notice ourselves being a lot more mindful of how we use our words, of the words that we produce, the things that we say. It's not limited to just words, but also body language, facial expressions, perhaps a smile. When it comes to this ayah in Surah Fatir, when Allah mentions that when these people enter Jannah, they say, Alhamdulillah. They don't stop there, they take it further. Alhamdulillah, adhaba anna al-hazan. They thank Allah, they praise Allah, the one who removed any and all sorrow from them. Any and all grief from them, any and all depression from them, any and all anxiety from them, any and all PTSD from them, any worry, any this, that or the other. Alhamdulillah, all of that is gone now. One of the wrinkles that we can reflect on from this, these concepts are not ignored in the Qur'an and Sunnah. These concepts are there. Emotional intelligence is there the concept of depression and anxiety is there. We may not realize it, we may not see it, but it's there. Surah Al-Duha is a Qur'anic antidepressant, without question. The entire surah is uplifting, 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 uplifting. When you look at Sayyidina Yaqub, the father of Prophet Yusuf Allah mentions in Surah Yusuf, in Qur'an, وَبِيَضَّتْ عَيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ فَهُوَ Allah mentions that he wept profusely so much for so many years because of the loss of his son Yusuf. This wasn't a few days later or a few weeks later. This was years later. And he continuously would weep. Allah mentions that he ended up going blind. He ended up losing his sight because of his sorrow, because of his sadness, because of his crying. Would anyone go to... Prophet Yaqub alayhi salam, a Nabi of Allah Would anyone go to him? Would anyone dare go to him? And say, I think your iman is low That's why you keep crying You know your son is from the dunya You need to get over it You need to stop crying Maybe your iman isn't where it needs to be None of us would do that None of us would dare do that So why do we communicate with each other in that way? That's not the way of our Prophet to go and put salt in the wound and to kick people when they're down. The way the Prophet is the opposite. Someone is struggling, the Prophet would constantly uplift people. Are we following that GPS to Jannah? Are we trying to take as many people as we can along with this caravan which is not one of despair? If we are, then that's a good sign. And if we're not, then we need to make changes. The Prophet did his part alayhi The Prophet delivered his message. He did his job alayhi salatu wasalam. How about when he was going through a tough time? How about when he was going through a difficult time? Would anyone dare go to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? In any book of seerah you find this period, the period, the year of sorrow, the year of grief. Nowadays we probably translate it as The year of depression Would anyone go to the Prophet After he loses Sayyidah Khadija Who who was his primary pillar Of support privately Within the home Financially and especially emotionally Who did he go to as soon as He receives revelation And he's he's struggling with how to process it It was such a, a a great event, it was such a significant thing It was so azim What was his immediate reaction? He looked for support He reached out to somebody else And who did he reach out to? None other than Sayyidah Khadija The first thing he did, he went to her Zamiluni, Zamiluni, Cover me, cover me I'm worried, I don't know how to process this what was her immediate response? She validated what he was going through. She validated what he was saying. She validated his concern. And nowadays, what happens if someone's in a state of shock? One of the steps is, one of the things that may be done is to put blankets on them. Cover me, cover me. And that legacy is preserved in the Qur'an. Every time we read, يَا أَيُوَا الْمُزَّمِرِ يَا al الْمُدَّثِقِ It's a reminder. The value of her support. The value of her being there for him When he needed her most At this point in his life He loses her He loses her And within days he also loses So she's his primary pillar of support Internally within the home And his uncle Abu Talib Is his primary pillar of support Outside of the home He was was the Prophet's primary Political shield you could say His primary political ally They both pass away within days of each other because of that, especially after Abu Talib passes away, now he doesn't have this political figure having his back anymore. That's why he goes to Ta'if. The Muslims, are they were already struggling in Mecca, now things are getting worse. So he has to look elsewhere He's doing his part as best he can. That's why he goes to Ta'if. Already in such a broken state, he's still doing what he can for his Ummah, For his community. That's why he goes to Ta'if. And how is he treated when he goes to Ta'if? He's chased out and stoned and he ends up bleeding. (laughs) The year after that is known as what? The year of sorrow. Is there any record of any companion going to the Prophet saying, Ya Rasulullah, I think your iman is low because you're so sad. What is this sorrow that you're dealing with? We need to take a step back and reflect How do we process these stories from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah? How do we process how Allah lifted up the Prophet when he was down? When was was Surah Yusuf revealed? The year of sorrow Why was Surah al-Duha revealed? The Prophet was feeling low So Allah offered some medicine When we connect with the Qur'an Allah describes the Qur'an as medicine when we connect with the Qur'an, which is medicine in and of itself, very powerful spiritual medicine, there's also a physical and psychological component to it, but primarily spiritual. When we connect with that source of healing, we should become people who become a source of healing for others around us. How does Sayyidina Aisha describe the Prophet His character was the Qur'an. He was like a Qur'an that would walk on the face of the earth. So if I want to to double-check how am I doing as it relates to my route, as it relates to where I'm trying to go, I may think to myself, of course I'm going in the right direction. But if the GPS is continuously saying, please turn around, please turn around, i.e. tawbah, that's the reality. If I think to myself, no, 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 I'm going in the right direction, the proof is against me. So what I need to do, as I'm within my capacity, it could be one ayah a day, there's no question that goes a long way. No question. Connect with the meaning, the understanding, reflect on it, chew on it, digest it. Think, how can I become a better person from this? How can I become a better Muslim from this? Unfortunately for some people, the more time they spend with the Qur'an, the more they pray, the more ibadah they produce for some people, It's very ironic, it's very paradoxical, the harsher harsher they become. Who is your Prophet? (laughs) The fruit that's in the character of the Sahaba, the more they connected with the Qur'an, the more time they spent with the Prophet, (laughs) the softer their hearts became, the cleaner their hearts became. They became more and more of a human type of a source of medicine for those around them. So now when a person connects with the Qur'an and they reflect that, this is supposed to permeate my character, little by little by little. Allah describes the Qur'an, ma huwa shifa wa lil wa la Allah describes the Qur'an as shifa. If I connect with the Qur'an and the Qur'an as shifa, how can I become a person of shifa? When it comes to spending time with those around me, whether I know them or not. We ask Allah to make us people of Alhamdulillah. We ask Allah to make us people who enter Jannah and say Alhamdulillah. We thank Allah and we praise Allah, the one who removed all sorrow and grief from us. And there is no doubt our Lord is ghafoor, is consistently forgiving, and consistently appreciative. We ask Allah to make us from among them, Alameen. Alhamdulillah Rabbil was salatu salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya, ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima sallallahu ala muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the surah before surah fatir Allah mentions some very beautiful and unique ayat regarding prophet Dawud alayhi salam Allah mentions how he made iron soft for him. alanna hadid. The same one who made iron soft for Dawud alayhi salam is the same one who can take the figurative iron of the challenges that we all have in our lives. The same one who made that iron soft literally can make the figurative iron in our lives soft as well. But we have to do our part to follow in the footsteps of Dawud alayhi salam and to remember Allah morning and evening, to do our dhikr morning and evening, to do our tasbih morning and evening. We have to do what we can. Even if it's a little bit here, a little bit there, but if we can be consistent, amazing things will unquestionably happen. Within this passage, Allah mentions regarding the family of Dawud Because if you have a blessing from Allah, it's not free. It comes with a responsibility. So Allah mentions, and bear in mind by this point in time, Dawud alayhi salam, he's a king. He's a king and a nabi. Allah mentions, اعملوا To do actions of gratitude. And then what's the part that's supposed to motivate you and I? وقليل من الشكر. Allah says, and very few of my servants are truly grateful. May Allah make us from among them. May Allah make us from among the few. Amir <laughs> <laughs> I should think when I come across Surah Fatiha and I hear and I see Alhamdulillah, how can I live this today? What's an expression of gratitude that I can produce today? With my words, with my heart, with my actions, how can I show Allah that I'm grateful? In addition to the words, not instead of, we say Alhamdulillah, our dhikr is extremely important, It, it puts fuel in our tank. But then what do we do with that fuel? It doesn't make sense if you go to a gas station, you put gas in your car, and then you walk home. If we do the dhikr, we put that fuel in our tank, we connect with the Qur'an, which is the ultimate dhikr, we put that fuel in our tank, then what do we do with it? Allah is giving us an instruction here, اعملوا داود شكرا. Allah is telling the family of Dawood to do actions of gratitude. Show me you're grateful with your limbs, with your actions, and very few of my servants are grateful. How can I show Allah that I'm grateful? How can I show Allah that I'm grateful? I'll conclude with something that our Prophet mentioned that's supposed to inspire us and motivate us straight from his blessed mouth, صلى He mentioned that there are two blessings that many people fail to take advantage of. Many of us know this hadith. Many of us are familiar with this. This is simply a reminder. Good health and free time. If I'm thankful for my good health, how can I do something to help other people who may be struggling with their health as an expression to Allah for my health? Ya Allah, I'm thankful that you gave me the health that you gave me. How can I use it to help people? How can I use it to help those who are sick? If I have some time and I'm thankful for that, how can I use that time in ways to help people? How can I use this blessing Allah has given me with my limbs, to show Allah with my actions, that I want to be counted from among the few. Allah is teaching us that what may be popular is not always right, and what's right is not always popular. That's very often the case. Allah is telling us, it's not common to be grateful. But if you want to be from among those who are exceptional in my eyes, do something of gratitude. Not just say it. That, that has to be present. That's mandatory. But if you want to put a cherry on top in terms of your ihsan, do something with your actions to show Allah your gratitude. What can I do to show Allah my gratitude? What can I do to show Allah that I'm thankful for the health that He gave me? How can I use it in ways to please Him? The time that He gave me, how can I use it in ways to please Him? With the wealth that He gave me, how can I use it in ways to please Him? That's up to me. The Prophet did his part, alayhi salatu wasalam. Am I willing to do my part? Am I willing to step up to the plate? It doesn't have to be any anything grandiose. It doesn't have to be above and beyond. But if it's small, if it's consistent, that is what the Prophet taught us to aim for. Just get close to your goal. do وَقَارِبُ Get close, just do what you can. The Prophet didn't tell us, be perfect, otherwise you're going to hell. That's that's not his way, alayhi salatu wasalam. Do what you can. The Prophet was consistently encouraging. May Allah make us encouraging people. May Allah make us people who are healed and may Allah make us people who help to heal other people. Hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. The best example is the Prophet ﷺ. We ask Allah to enable us, to strengthen us and to help us to follow in his footsteps. We ask Allah to make us from among the few. We ask Allah to make us from among the grateful. We ask Allah to make us from among those who say, Alhamdulillah, both in dunya and akhirah. ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا ربنا لا تزي قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا أو أخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إصرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعفو عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين وأقم الصلاة